Happy, Happy Tuesday. Tuesday. My name is Nick. My name is Alan. And welcome into, into the, the dungeon. So we pick up where we left off last episode, which was at a makeshift camp with Shrew Shrubberies and Big Al, having seen a ferocious battle against two ogres and a number of orcs. Are you taking a short rest and rolling hit die, or are you are you going to be spending a full rest here? I think we're just going to have a short rest for now. I've got four first-level spell slots left. Okay. And probably a short rest would do for now. Try and see if Petunia is there and take it from there. So you're spending, what, uh, an hour or so? Well, if an hour is enough to have a short rest, then yes, an hour would suffice. Anything just to be able to to roll the hit dice, get our health back, maybe eat something as we wait. Yeah, an hour will be, will be enough to roll your hit dice. Okay, so then we do that. We'll rest up. We'll have something for... For lunch and we will also ponder over this thing I found this letter I found see if we can figure something out what it means anything like that if we can perhaps decipher what's written on it I don't think anyone in the party knows orcish but we'll see so I'm gonna roll my hit dice very well so that's two on the first one and I'm gonna roll another one just to try to get to full full HP that's a six did you add a constitution to that Oh, it was just a simple roll. Yeah, you add your constitution to it. Okay, either way, I'm max HP, but good to know for when we roll for Fena and Fabian, which I'm going to do now. So, okay, yeah, they're both D8s as well. So I'll roll, I'll roll for Fabian first. Yeah, Fabian was in particularly bad shape. That's a 4 plus his constitution. So that's 6 hit points. He's back up to 14 at the moment, out of 26. I'm going to roll again for him then. That's another four. So another six, taking it to 20 out of 26. And might as well just spend the last one. An eight. So yeah, he's full HP. Yeah, he's fully recovered. And now the same for Fen. That's a three. That's a straight up three. There's no <laughs> plus zero for Fen. All right. I'm going to do another one. That's another three. And I'm hoping the next one is a bit better. How much life, how much HP does she have now? She's at 12 out of a max 18. No, no, then I'll, I'll do it again. That's much better. That's a 7. Yeah, she's up to max alpha. Nice. And what about Bigal? He's full life. I don't think he got hit in the last fight, did he? <laughs> I think he was kicking ass. Yeah, nice. So yeah, then after resting for a bit, enjoying a, a sausage or two amongst friends. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew I was going to get you there. Oh. After sharing a sausage am amongst friends, I'm going to take the the letter out of my pocket and try and dry it carefully without burning it on the fire. So I'll open it up and hold it close-ish to the fire, but not as close that I w would be able to drop it and for it to get burned. Okay, yeah, I'll say that 
<laughs> There's no need to roll anything for okay. it. So yeah, you manage to unfold it gently. It's a little stuck together from the mud, but you manage to open it up and you can you can now see it. All right. So here we have uh, the letter I found in one of the orcs' bodies. It is basically... It has like thunderbolts on top. A green one, a blue one, and a kind of purplish one. And then there's like a rushed or untidy writing at the bottom, which I, I deduce is is orcish. Hmm. Now, do, do any of you speak orcish? Uh, Fabian looks at you and he says, well, I don't actually speak orcish, but you know, picks up a few words from from the orcs that we've slain and that used to attack the the construction sites in Leilong. Enough to perhaps read? Well, have a look. I, I could try. Um, he passed the parchment onto him. Hmm. Nope, I've got no idea what this <laughs> says. <laughs> so, what about a big owl? Have you, uh, do you know any orcish? Ah, unfortunately not. Fenner? Hmm. Well, not really, but that, that symbol does seem a little familiar. Give me a religion check for Fenner. That's a 15 plus 2. 17. Yes, yes. N- now that I look at this, I believe this is a symbol of Talos. Talos? Yes. Who is Talos? Well, he is a, he is a deity of storms and destruction. Hmm. Um, I don't know much about him. But I, I do know that he is a, quite a self-serving deity, one that demands utter obedience from his priests, you know, instructing them to spread damage wherever they go, so quite fitting for these these orcs. Do you think this shrine here is tied to Talos, or the orcs in any form? Or do you think that's why they were searching here? Or, or they just came for the gold? And the stories that Pigal was saying. No, I, I think this was just, they came, they took the bait for the gold. Hmm. Because uh, this was a, a human village. So, this Talos is a orcish god. Well, uh, I, I don't know if he's an orc, to say, but what I remember from him is that he he liked destruction and that his followers sorted out, so quite fitting for these ruffians. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if we can't figure this out, we'll just keep a hold to this. And I kind of offer my hand so that they pass the parchment back. Just let me... What's this? I think it says Fandolin here. Hmm. Fandolin. Fandolin? Fandolin. What are these scoundrels up to? Fandolin. Oh, you can read. Something about... Just a couple of words, but not much. Fandolin appears to be written in common. Hmm. Whereas the rest is written... How did did I pick that up? No, that's about as much as I can get. Fandolin... Come on, Fenna, you can do this. I stand behind her and start rubbing her shoulders. Come on, Fenna, <laughs> you can do this. I know you got it in you. You got a few more words in you. And so be- between the, the three of them that have had some encounters with, with orcs along the ways and from the, the language you've sort of been hearing for, for some time now, it's, it's incredibly difficult for you guys to decipher what it is, but you sort of manage to pick up what looks to be Fandolin, what looks to be... Never winter wood, and that's about as much as you can get from from the letter. You're gonna to need to find somebody that speaks Orkish. Hmm. We're gonna to have to find somebody that speaks Orkish. We'll we'll get to that when we get back to Fumbling. But hmm. uh, this doesn't sit well with me. Um, they might be planning an attack on Fumbling, or 
or something of the sorts. I don't know. Hmm. But I, I was just thinking that perhaps those those dwarves that we we helped, they may know little orcish. They're used to excavating sites and retrieving, you know, information and lore from different places. Perhaps they they know enough to to decipher this. Yeah, they were archaeologists. Perhaps they have the knowledge that would require deciphering this. Or maybe, maybe, when we encounter another orc, we can ask them to translate it for us. Well, I don't think they're going to want to do that. You um, know, maybe we find willingly. A, maybe we find a friendly one. Maybe we can chat to it a bit and maybe share a few drinks and... The only good orc is a dead orc. Mm, you might be right. You might be right. Anyway, we'll figure this out. But for now, I'm feeling quite energized, quite rested already. Don't know about you guys, but I fancy saving Petunia. Yes, let's let's go search for her. But this time, and I must apologize again for my transgressions, I was a bit too cocky, and it almost cost us our lives. This time, let's go in quietly, stealthily. Let's try and, and not get noticed, if that's even possible at this point. Well, uh, an hour's passed now, and nothing has sort of snuck up on you. <laughs> Good, because <laughs> no one was looking. <sighs> so you're going back to the, the shrine? Yeah, we're going back to the shrine, keeping the horses where they are. We're, we're going, to, I mean, we are walking up to the shrine as as we can, like, in open, because there wasn't much of a cover. But once we get to the shrine, I'd like to, like, go into it quietly, checking for anything that might jump us. Checking for traps, if that's possible as well. Okay, so you guys make your way to to the gatehouse, which is where you had uh, lifted the the portcullis in Burform. So you're you're just outside the the gatehouse, so you can either go through the hole in the wall or through the portcullis if you're going to change and and lift it up. I mean, we could try in, in between all of us to open the portcullis anyway, but. What's the point if there's a hole in the wall? <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just keep things simple and, and go through the hole in the wall. Okay. I'd, I'd like to, if you don't mind, check on the... Um, I think there were two orcs that had perished, that had fallen within the walls, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Two orcs. Yeah. I'd like to try to like search those bodies that we never did. So are you going in quietly at this point, or are you just... Yeah, yeah. From here on, we're going in quietly. Okay, so let's roll stealth then. Ah, yeah, you're rolling as a reminder to myself and everyone else. Yeah. DM rolls for stealth. Okay, so you guys managed to, to go in quite quietly. Nice. And you come across the, the body of the two orcs that had fallen within the, the walls. You manage to, to search through them. You don't find anything particular of note. Um, you know, a couple of loose coins, not amounting to much, a few coppers. Um, and you notice that these two orcs have like a like a necklace with what looks to be some teeth dangling from it. Can I inspect those teeth? Yeah. Give me a, a nature check. Do they look like cow's teeth? <sighs> Perhaps. <laughs> Again, like this is ridiculous to me. I mentioned it before, but I'm a druid with zero nature. That's four total. Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to roll that poorly, man. You should know me by now. Yeah, yeah. You've not been very lucky of late. 
So yeah, I mean, you're, you're perhaps spending a little more time than you would have liked inspecting these teeth. And at most, what you can determine, there seems to be a variety of them. But a few in particular stand out to you, because they're, they're almost more like small tusks than, than actual teeth. But you've got no idea what, what creature they come from. Fena, come, come here a second. You're, you're good with these kinds of things. You're intelligent. Unlike me, yeah. So you wanted to... I wanted to inspect them while so I inspect them. I'll carry I, and while she's doing that, I continue searching the orcs. Okay, so give me a nature check for Fana. So it's a d20 and add your intelligence. Or rather, add her intelligence, which is a plus two. That's 15 plus two. 17. 15 plus two. So 17 total. So yeah, Fenna's looking at these carefully. And you see her look up at you. And she says, Well, uh, these, uh, the smaller teeth look worryingly human. But the, these tusk-like ones, they seem to resemble those of a boar. Hmm, a boar. They've been hunting. Quite possibly. Okay, I, I was hoping one of these orcs would carry a dictionary, but I've found nothing. So let's move on. Let's carry on inside the shrine. Okay, so you you make yourself, you or rather you make your way to the the double doors that were slightly ajar. Are you just going in? Yeah, again, I'm checking. Trying to check around our surroundings, keep an eye out on anything that could possibly jump us. And also, I'd like to actually... This is a job, but I'd like to check for traps just in case. Okay, so roll investigation. Roll with advantage, because I'm the four of you in this. That's 15 plus zero, 15. Okay, so you, you carefully search the door and sort of feeling around, looking for any sort of contraptions or triggers... And then you're satisfied that there's nothing triggered to the actual door itself, so... I think everything's clear here. Let's continue on. Big Al, you take the front. I was just about to ask uh, what your marching order was. I'd feel more comfortable if you're in the front, Big Al. And maybe Fabian can hold the rear, and me and Thena will stay snugly in the middle. Okay, so you, you find yourselves in what appears to be the main hall of this shrine. Now from the the outside you would have seen that it it almost looks like a long rectangle running across your field of view. And as you're you're walking in now and you're seeing that there's another set of double doors directly opposite you, about twenty feet away. And at your your best guess this would appear to to be almost like a cross shaped building. And you find yourselves in this this large hall with rows of crumbling pillars, which are supporting the, the vaulted ceiling, which is about 40 feet above you. You see that there's in a number of humanoid-looking bones littering the dusty floor, and a 10-foot square hole in the ceiling, which leads up to the belfry. You can see that there's no rope hanging down from the bell, which appears to, to have been made from copper. What are you guys doing? So there is no access up the tower where the bell is. It's just... It, it would just be rung by uh, pulling on the rope. Basically, there's no stairs leading up to it. No, there's no stairs. At best, you can assume that at one point there would have been a ladder that led your way up. And as you're looking around, you see that there's, apart from the, the double doors leading directly opposite you, there's also a single door to the right and left of the the main hall. Okay, so I kind of tap on Big Al's shoulder, or just below his shoulder, and point to the left. As if indicating, let's go that way. Okay, so you're going to, to the door on your left, yeah? 
That's right, yeah. Again, quietly. Is the door open? It's sort of half open. Yeah, we'll just go through this one. Okay, so you you push through and you find yourselves in a 30 by 30 foot square room. And what you can see in here is that there's six beds with moldy mattresses, the shattered remains of a, a wooden table and six chairs, and a soot-stained fireplace, which contains a, a very weathered and rusty-looking cauldron, which is hanging from a, from a spit. And you also see that there's a, a narrow break in the wall, sort of to your immediate right, which leads to the outside. We can actually see that it's through the cracks or whatever that it's leading to the outside. Yeah. Okay. Can I make a quick investigation of the room to see if I see any anything out of place, anything that might lead to another secret chamber or anything like that? Having having encountered these secret sliding doors in the last shrine or temple that we investigated, I wonder if perhaps there may be some like these here. Yeah, sure. Roll for investigation. Is that with advantage again? Because we all... Yeah. That's a total of 15. Okay, so as you're, you're searching around, you you find a, a small pot of copper-looking paint, which seems to have been dried out a long time ago, and a, a couple of paintbrushes as well, which look to be long dry. That's all I find. Yeah. Okay, I'll leave those behind. I don't think we'll find any use for dried copper and old and old brushes so we'll head out of this door back to the main hall and into the single door that was on our right when we came in you make your way across the that main hall and again this door is slightly open as well you can see a little bit into the actual room from from the actual door itself here you can see that all the furnishings in this area have been destroyed and a small part of the southern wall which is to your immediate left as you're looking in. Seems to have crumbled a bit. That's all you see from from within this room. I see that the wall on my left is crumbling. Yeah. Do I see through the wall like I did the other? In the other room? Yeah, you can see a little bit of the, the light outside. So it leads back out onto the courtyard where, where you were. Right. Or rather, you haven't explored that part of the courtyard, but it leads onto the, the open area surrounding the, the shrine. Okay kind of confirming your initial gut feeling that this was a cross-shaped building. I'd like to do an extensive search of this room as well as I did the other, just in case there's anything I, that the orcs didn't spot before, so anything I can find that may be useful. Okay. We are all searching again. Yeah, so roll with advantage. Total of 19 and 19 plus 0. So as you're you're searching round under some of the rubble, you, you find a glass vial with a familiar looking liquid inside oh nice you found a potion of healing oh yes much needed okay so what are you doing from here so turning around again heading back up to the main chamber and through the double doors that were in front of us as we entered okay so these doors are closed are you pushing through not before having a check checking for traps Okay, so roll investigation. That's a seven total. As far as you can tell, the door looks normal. Or doors, rather. Double doors. Big Al, let's, let's go through these. 
They, they seem to be close. Let's see if you can barge through them. So Big Al sort of puts his hand on it and starts to push with his his weight. The door's unlocked, tries the handle, and it just opens easily inwards. And you find yourself here again in a in a 30 by 30 foot square room, supported by a number of pillars again. You see that there's three on either side of you as you're, you're looking into this room. These six stone pillars bracing the, the vaulted ceiling of this temple, the floor of which is buried under a really thick layer of dust, so it, it doesn't appear to have been disturbed by the by the orcs. And also covered within the, the dust are four humanoid skeletons in tattered priestly vestments lying near a stone altar situated in an alcove under four narrow windows. You can see that carved into the front of the altar is a humanoid eye. Hmm. I don't know what we are doing here. Why are we poking our nose into this shrine again, Big Al? Well, I was kind of hoping that we'd be searching for Petunia, but oh. <laughs> it makes sense to make sure that there's nothing in here that, that can attack us. Well, I don't think Petunia's here, Big Al. Well, she's certainly not inside here. Perhaps she's outside somewhere. This might be the altar of fate I've heard about. What is a, an altar of fate? Well, I'm not quite sure myself, but I could deduce that it has something to do with the fate. With fate, you know, altar of fate. So, I don't know, to be honest. I, I think you recalled when you had first heard of this that it, there were legends that it, would, it could give visions. Yes, yes, yes. Just, hold on. Oh, yes. How could I forget my mind? Slips from time to time. The, the altar of fate will give you visions. Visions of your fate. And I wonder if this is what has befallen these poor priests strewn across the floor. Perhaps they were shown visions that they could not handle and went mad. I'm not sure. But this certainly does not bode well. But it intrigues me beyond beyond my capabilities of restraining myself. I would like to know my fate. I would like to know how I would fare against a dragon of that magnitude. I would like to know if if I'm not heading down this road to meet certain death. Do you think that the, the priest died touching the, the altar? Is that what you're saying? It might have been touching it, but if not touching it, whatever was shown to him might have driven him mad. Like, we've, we've seen the consequences of, of being scared of something. Something that that makes you do stupid things, like the kings back in Nomengard. Yes. Um, they might have locked themselves inside, I, I don't know. Perhaps we should search the bodies first, see if there's any any markings on them. Carefully, I, yes. I, I wouldn't want to touch the altar without being sure. Let's do so carefully. Okay, so roll investigation. That's two 11s, so total of 11. Someone, someone else should be taking the lead on investigating because <laughs> I have zero as a modifier. Okay, and what's your passive perception? 13 passive perception. Okay, so as you're searching the, the remains of these priests, you, you can sort of deduce from, from the bodies and you actually find a, a rather weathered looking sword underneath them. They look like they had been slain. And on, on some of the robes you actually notice that they're, they're covered in that copper looking paint as well. When you were investigating, were you only investigating the actual remains, or were you investigating the room in general? 
kind of the room in general to see if I find any clues, but not touching the altar just yet. I, you mentioned there were more pillars perhaps around where the pillars are, the corners of the room. Okay. So as you're sort of searching through your your perception, you, you realize as you're looking around and, and walking through this hall, having searched the bodies of the, these priests, you notice that the altar's base doesn't quite touch the floor. Do I see any signs of the copper paints anywhere else other than the robes of the priests? No. Hmm. These priests might have been decorating. Maybe this was their, you know, their, their old, their old clothes. And they were painting the shrine, sprucing it up. And maybe they were slain by an intruder that was looking for the secrets of their fate. Hmm. Hmm. Makes sense to me. Quite possibly. Shall we? I've noticed the shrine kind of hovers. It doesn't, it doesn't quite touch the ground. Maybe if we slightly push it, it does something. Hmm. And I walk up to it. Okay. And with my staff, which I always carry with me. Kind of as a walking stick more than anything else. Although I did try to down an ogre with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, like a toothpick to the ogre. <laughs> I kind of nudge the altar. Okay, so as you're, you're pushing into the the altar you can feel that it starts to to give way ever so slightly give me a, a strength check 11 minus 1 10 that's just enough <laughs> so you're you're pushing all your weight this little halfling with this the staff is really putting his back into it now and you you can feel it sort of <laughs> stop giving way and it rolls back about three feet Revealing a one-foot square cavity in the floor, with a wooden coffer within it. Well, here it is. What we were looking for. The Orkish Dictionary. <laughs> Perhaps our, the answers of the parchment will be revealed to us. I don't know, guys. Should we pick this up? I, I'm tempted. I, I, I won't lie. I'm tempted. Can I check the surroundings to see if they, maybe it's trapped? I don't know if I could try and sense if it has anything magical if I'm not doing the actual spell. Have you got a detect magic spell? Oh, actually, I do. I do. And I have it prepared, so I'm going to cast that. It's a level one spell. With detect magic, I'd sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of me. And if I sense magic in this way, I can use my action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic and I learn its school of magic, if it has any. The spell can penetrate most barriers, but it is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay, so you do detect some magic, mm. and you, you see a, an aura of divination magic around the altar. Around the altar? The altar that has just been pushed back? Yeah. And do I see anything coming from the box? You do sense a, something magical coming from the box, but nothing telling you about its school of magic per se. But you do see a faint aura of a small, smallish item within the box. Alright, would I be able to tell if whatever magic surrounds the altar can be harmful to me? As in, is it a trap? Could it be a trap? I mean, the fact that it's You've identified it as divination magic, and your recollection of the visions 
would sort of fit hand in hand in glove there. Okay, so I'm gonna pick up the box. Okay. Roll a constitute. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pick it up with no issues. All right. There seems I... to be something small rattling inside as you pick it up. Can I open it up? You sure can. It's actually unlocked as you feel around it, and it opens up, revealing a, a small key. Mm. And you can see the the aura of magic coming from it. It's a magical key, and is it painted in copper? No. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you found a magical key, but unfortunately, your detect magic doesn't tell you exactly what it is. You need an identify spell, or to spend some time during a, a short rest with it to learn its properties. All right, fair enough. Um, I tell them, right? I, I found I found this key in this box. I, I can't. I know I can detect it's magical, but I can't quite ascertain what it does yet. I'll keep hold of it for a while and. And try and figure it out. Yeah, well, the, we haven't seen any other rooms in this area. We haven't found any secret doors or contraptions. So perhaps it's a key to somewhere that's not in this building. Perhaps. Now, the, the Yolta itself is magical as well. Uh, I'm not sure if maybe touching it reveals anything to us. Perhaps the location of this magical door that you speak of. Hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to touch it. Okay. Do you want to describe how you're going up and, and touching it? Yeah, I kind of slowly walk up to it. I suddenly I get quite cold, maybe a shiver down my spine. But I want—I don't want the rest of the party to notice. So I kind of, you know, pull my cloak closer around me, more snugly, to hide the fact that I may be shaking a bit. And I walk slowly, breathing, hold my pulse and slowly reach out and touch it. Okay, so as you reach out and touch the altar, you feel the the cold stone. And suddenly you, your vision starts to go a little blurry. You start hearing some, some ringing in your ears. And then suddenly your, your vision goes complete black. Almost as if you stood in, in complete blackness. And then you, you sort of get the sensation that you're floating almost. And suddenly, there's a burst of light, and you you see yourself flying up towards the the ceiling of this of the shrine, going through it, and soaring high up into the sky. You can see the the surrounding areas from this vantage point. Now you see. The Neverwinter Wood behind you, the ruins of Conybury, and in the far distance you see the the Sword Mountains. Sorry, do I see Petunia? No. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst this is happening, your your companions sort of seeing you collapse to the the floor, and they've rushed to your your side, and. As you're now high several hundred feet above the the shrine itself now, you feel yourself being whisked towards the Sword Mountains. And you see a an ancient fortress on the highest peak of these mountains. And you see a 
a white dragon asleep on top of it. And whilst you're you're looking around in this vision, you're hearing this ringing in your ears. You also hear almost like whispers saying, And then suddenly from there, you're whisked away, and you're suddenly floating above a, a circle of standing stones set upon a hill, with a ferocious thunderstorm raging in the skies. Down below you see a, what looks to be a group of orcs in, dressed in robes bearing the mark that you've seen on the letter and as the, the thunder is erupting all around you you see strikes of lightning hitting the ground near the, the stone circles suddenly within you get this vision of this almost ethereal looking enormous boar almost the size of a, an elephant. You can see that it's emanating little sparks of, of lightning from its tusks. And then from there, you're now suddenly floating above the town of Fandalin, a place that for the last almost week now you've called home. And the distance charging to, towards it you see this enormous boar being followed by a, a horde of orcs. Then you see the destruction around you, buildings on fire, dead littering the streets. Then you see a flag being raised in the middle, bearing these lightning marks that you've seen in your letter. And then as quick as it all happens, you sort of open your eyes gasping for breath and you find yourself lying on the, the cold, hard floor of the temple with your, your companions sort of trying to shake you awake. Oh, he's back! He's back! Shrew, are you alright? Oh, oh, oh my! We, we, need to, we need to leave! We need to leave! They're attacking... What on earth did you see? They're attacking Fandling! Who's attacking the, the Fandling? The A big... A big... A, 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 a big elephant... Bo, there are what? And, and Fabian sort of opens his flask and splashes you with water. <gasps> Fabian, what are you doing? I, Snap I'm, out of it! I'm not crazy. I know what I've seen. They're attacking Fandling. Like right now? Well, what? What exactly did you see? The, we we already slain the orcs that were here and the orcs that no, were they were by they, the excavations. They they were they were on a hill. They were on a hill. They were. They had these robes. They had this regalia, resembling what we found in the parchment, and they they were charging down Fandling. They were attacking the town. Per, perhaps it was a, it was a vision. Perhaps it was a fate of that is to befall Fandling if we don't do anything about it. But we need to move quick. On a hill. I don't. I don't know what hill. Perhaps we can ask. Uh, Harwin. Oh. 
Was it just any hill? I I don't understand. You you're not making much sense. Uh, the water's not a trick. I may, I may have to slap you. No, no. It was a hill. There was a stone circle. There were these orcs dressed with robes. They had the the, the regalia. They had the the lightnings that we found in this parchment. And there was a circle of stones. But I don't know anything else. Do you know of a do you know a hill with circle stones? No, I. Then why do you I've keep never... asking if it's a specific hill? I don't. It's well, a I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was remember. a hill. That, well, now we have more information. Well, yes. We can ask. Perhaps those dwarves again. Yes, you're They're, right. They may prove quite the useful allies. That's all I can remember. Well, before that, I saw the, the sleeping dragon on the mountain, and that's quite obvious. We know he's there. So thank you very much, Shrine. But this, I wasn't expecting. But that's all you. So all you saw was the dragon sleeping on the. You also nothing of your fate of how you defeated or where exactly on this mountain. Uh, let me come down a second. Yes, sir. Do you want some water? No, no, no. Let me come. To, to drink. I, I won't throw any more in your face. Give me the water. Fabian passes you uh, the flask. I splash it on his face. <laughs> <laughs> what was that for? Uh, I'm, a, I'm sane. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just a bit shaky. Um, let me just breathe. Okay. Um, yes, that, that was a that was a crumpled fortress. <laughs> crumpled? <laughs> was it folded in half? Or something? <laughs> Crump, crumbled, Fabian. Stabina wise ass. Crumpled fortress. And the the dragon was resting atop of it. And I heard a whisper. A whisper. A whisper. It said. What did it say? I spy a hole. I spy a hole. I spy a hole. It said it a few times. It's not something that that I that I've heard of, perhaps. Um, and Big Al sort of turns to towards you guys and says, "I spy a hole." Yes, that that sounds that sounds familiar to me. If memory serves me correct, that's a. An ancient stone fortress on the northeast spur of Icepy Peak, long abandoned. But yes, uh, I remember. I believe it was some uh, a warlord called Delsendra. Her, her second name escapes me now. But um, yes, yeah, if I recall correctly, she had a a small army there, and her soldiers kept the orcs of the Sword Mountains in check. The story goes that their supply lines were were cut off during a siege, and they tried to survive a brutal winter. But they all starved to death, and for for as long as I can remember now, the the orcs took the fortress for themselves. And I believe that there was once a yes, that's how it crumbled. It wasn't the orcs that crumbled; the orcs took over it uh, eventually. Uh, you know, after uh, Delsendra and her, her soldiers had had long since perished. But I seem to recall a, an earthquake shaking the the mountains, a great tremor, and perhaps the, that is what crumbled the the fortress. At least we know where the dragon is now, then. Yes, and perhaps that's why all the orcs have been displaced. The dragon has taken their old fortress as his own home now. Yes, that that makes that will make sense. So yeah. we had to travel to Icebyre Hole, then. Yes, but first we need to figure out what the hell was. Hmm. I think our our best bet is those archaeologists. If anybody knows about old ruins, 
It'll be them. There doesn't seem to have been any other adventuring folk when we were last in Fandolin. You're right, Fabian. And luckily we know where they are. I just hope they haven't taken those gems you gave them and, and run off. They seem to be honorable people. Oh. Well, they, they didn't seem like they were going to hold their own, so perhaps they have stayed put. I hope so. I hope so. We should perhaps leave now. Make haste. I I need to find Petunia. Yes, after finding Petunia, of course. Whilst I was in the vision, I was looking out for her, but I, I don't think... Whilst I had the vision, I, I thought it might be like happening in the moment. Perhaps I should touch the altar then. Perhaps and Big Al sort of runs up to the altar and touches his, his hands there for a while in the cold stone and nothing happens. But then you sort of hear muffled coming from outside the, the shrine. Petunia! How? How did that happen? Did the altar show you the way? Well, I didn't see anything, but I heard her. So I, know, I know that Moo. It's shown you. It's shown you your fate. You are to be reunited with Petunia. Let's go. And Big Al starts leading the way, sprinting now out of the the temple. Are you guys following him? Yeah, yeah, keeping up with him. Okay, so he runs out and he runs towards the direction of the, the muffled moo, which would have been practically outside the wall where you guys were. Perhaps this, the voices, maybe she recognized Big Al's voice and, and decided to, to move. And you sort of run round this cross-shaped shrine. And there, sure enough, is this stellar-looking cow. <laughs> Looks in, in good health. She's been tied to, to a post outside. There's a, a pail with some milk in it. And you see that in his excitement, Big Al sort of knocks the bucket over. And he's there hugging this, this cow and patting it. Ah, oh, Petunia, finally. Oh, at least... Uh, at least we can go back to the farm now and and try and salvage what little of, of our life is our left. True. Yes. It's been an honor to meet you and I'm indebted to to you rescuing my life. No, no, no. But uh, I must return to, to the farm now. You you mentioned that you had come across one of my farmhands there, uh, Davos. That's correct, yes. If you'd be so kind to send word that the orcs have been slain and if he can return and maybe recruit a couple more more farmhands to help on the land uh, I would be even more in debt to you it's the least we could do and you you are in no debt to us you saved our lives we wouldn't have held our own against those ogres and orcs it was a mistake I said it before it was a mistake how I rushed in it was a mistake I I underestimated there's no, there's no need to apologize no no but I want you to know that the debt is settled you owe us nothing well, if, you're, if you ever come back this way through the Tribor Trail, you'll always have refuge and a bed and a half and food. You'll always be welcome at our farm. Thank you. And whenever we come across, you'll always have a friend and a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these sausage lines kill me every time. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a pleasure, I, but I must start to make my way back before, before night falls. It's been a pleasure. He gives each of you a, a strong embrace till we meet again. And he turns with Petunia leading her by the rope and starts making his way back towards his farm. There's one. One great guy. And a tear starts <laughs> welling up. That leaves us here today. But we must we must carry on. And we must confront these evildoers, these orcs, 
at this damn dragon. So let's head back to Thunderling. And, and let's try and find some information about all of this. It's been a hard few days for all of us. And I can't wait to see the, the friendly face of Toblum and the reassuring embrace of the beds there in the Stonehill Inn. Let's, let's go. Yes, that sounds like a plan. Okay, so you guys are making preparations to, to leave for Fandolin. You'll recall that it took you about three days to, to get there, so you've got a, a long, long march. And as he is, as Big Al was walking away, he sort of turns and says, I'll need to be taking one of my horses, but you can keep the other. Are you sure? I wouldn't want to separate them. They seemed quite fond of each other. Well, I, I, I can't give you both. No, I no, need a, keep them. You're all right with just the two horses. Yes, yes, we came here with two. We'll, we'll be all right with two. You, you need everything in your possession. You've lost quite a lot already. The last thing you need is to lose another good horse. Okay. And I have just remembered that when you search the box with the excitement of the detect magic, I forgot to also mention that there was 57 gold pieces inside the, the, the small wooden box. Nice. Okay, so are you guys making your way immediately then to to Fandolin? Was Adabra's house on the way back? Would we pass by it? Adabra's house was in the other direction. So like towards Norman Garden, towards uh, the Dwarven Excavations. Alright. And having found out where Vincent's house or farmstead is, would I know if we could approach it first without losing much time? Yeah, you could stop by Benson's farm. Um, it's going to take you about three days to get to Fandolin anyway, in, in, in any case. Yeah, so we want to just leave straight away from here, start making our way back to Fandolin. But when we, before we get to Fandolin, I'd like to stop by Vincent's and try and look for his home. Okay, so are you going you know, at a normal pace or are you going... No, we are riding at a normal pace. Okay, so you can get about 24 miles done in a day, which will take you three days to, to get to Fandolin. So you, you spend about four hours on this first leg of your journey before the, the sun starts to, to set. Are you going to stop and make camp or are you going to push on for a full day's travel? If we push on, would that mean we reach Fandolin quicker? Well, you need to take a, a rest at some point anyway, because you, you can only travel 24 miles in a day before you, you become exhausted. So at this point you've probably, I'd say you've, you've ridden for about 10 miles now. We'll push on for the whole 24. So you're pushing on through the night then? Yeah. Okay, so you carry on traveling for the night and that leg of your journey passes without any sort of incidents. You start making, you know, you go off the, the road a bit, find a some shelter under some trees, make camp for for what's left of the night and a little bit of the morning. Your legs and back are now sore from, from riding all day and having only taken a short rest, having slain the orcs and the, the ogres, you guys are are exhausted at this point. Not, I'll clarify that, Not <laughs> you don't have a point of exhaustion. Figuratively speaking, you're exhausted from a, a long day. So you, you're you going to be taking a, a long rest here? Yes, that's right. Who's going to take first watch? I will. Okay, so Fenner and Fabian settle down for for a little little shut eye. The first four hours passes without any 
any incidents of note. Who's taking the second watch? Fenner. Okay, so you wake Fenner up. She's sort of rubbing her eyes, rubbing her back and, and her arms. Oh, it's my turn already. Anything? Anything happen? No, nothing Nothing at all, actually. Quite a boring night. Great. So she, she gets her, her cloak, wraps it round tightly. Get some rest. I'll... I'll, uh, I'll keep watch. And okay. actually, whilst you were keeping watch, you would have spent enough time now with the key to have identified it as a mystery key. Mm-hmm. You'd be so kind to read that out for our listeners. A question mark is worked into the head of this key. The key has a 5% chance of unlocking any lock into which it's inserted. Once it unlocks something, the key disappears. Oh wow, so <laughs> best use it for something really special. The heart of Fenna. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Fenna takes her, her watch now. And again, those four hours pass by with no no incidents. And she wakes Fabian up, who goes to take his watch. Final four hours to allow Fenna to regain one of her hit dice and her spells. Okay, so four hours pass and Fabian wakes uh, the two of you up. Suppose we should uh, have something small to eat and make our way. Yes. Did any of you see anything last night? Nothing. I, I figured out what the key was. Oh, nice. It basically lets you open anything. Anything? Yes. You have a slight chance of opening any lock. But once you do, the key disappears. So it's a one-time, one-time thing? Yeah. Hmm. That sounds uh, like it could come in handy mm-hmm. with all these weird temples that we're wandering into yeah that's right and Fabian sort of looks a little little bewildered almost and says did either of you see a, a boar last night no well, I saw this boar about you know about 60-70 feet away back you know with the light of the fire I couldn't really catch much of a, a clear view on it but you know normally you know a boar or deer or any sort of wild animal would sort of run off but it was strange, almost as if as if it was observing me. Perhaps I'm just a bit spooked from, no, no, from that no. story you told us. No, 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 no. You might, there might be something here. I mean, these orcs are tied to boars. Yeah, but th- you said this was the size of an elephant. Yes. This was just a, a boar. But but they worship a boar deity or, or something. So perhaps this deity may may have control of, of boars. Well, uh, um... What I recall of Talos, he's, he's not really a... I don't recall him being a boar. Well, you didn't see the legend, Fenna. This, this elephant boar looked, looked like a god, like a god to me. Hmm. In any case, they are, they are tied to boars in, in some way. But, but, Fabian, you know I can talk to animals. You should have stirred me from my slumber. I could have perhaps asked it questions. What are you looking at? Do you like what you see? Would you like to rest with us? Any, any any combination of those. Yeah, but if I had to wake you for every animal, what do we see? I mean, if had it been a, a wolf or had it been, had it seemed a threat, I would have of course woken you up. But you, fi- you found it, seemed... it important enough to tell us now in the morning. Well, it, it just seemed weird. But uh, I think perhaps I'm just. I want to track this boar. You want to track this boar? Yes, I'm sure it's left footprints. Every animal is trackable. So now you don't have this rush to run back to Fandon. Oh, you're right. <laughs> but this I'm... may be this may be this may be important. It's it's too coincidental. Why 
We've seen all these visions of bows and, and then a bow suddenly spying on you. Perhaps it leads us to something. Perhaps. Although I think it's just up to you. Um, do you want to eat something first? Uh, I'm famished. You, you go eating. I, I'm, I'm fine. I'll, I have a few sausages left over from, from Big Al's ranch. I'll snack on those while I move. I'm going to start looking for bow tracks. Okay, so roll a, a survival check. 14 total. Okay, so you spend some time searching the the area and sure enough you find some tracks that would resemble what you would expect to look like a boar and sort of heading off across the the tribal trail and then there as, as it sort of crosses the, the trail it sort of gets muddled with hoof tracks and almost like wheels from people that will have been traversing the, the tribal trail and are you going across the road to, to carry on searching? Yeah, I'd like to pick up the tracks if I can. Okay, so you see that these boar tracks sort of lead towards the Neverwinter Wood in that sort of direction. And it's sort of, you can see these rolling hills and grasslands in front of you, which spread about seven miles to the edge of the woods. What are you doing? What are you doing, Shrew? Are you trying to escape your fate? Are you trying to dodge your responsibilities? Why? Why Why am I chasing a boar into a forest? Fabian was right. There is much urgency and I should head back to Fandlings as fast as I can. This is a wild boar chase. There's no point. Uh, I need to get my head together. And I turn around and, and leave. Okay, so you're heading back to... Back across the road to the, the trees where you had sort of set up your, your makeshift camp. So, did you, did you find the boar? Have you, have you finished your breakfast? I have, but you haven't answered let's, my question. Let's get on the horses, let's leave. You seem shaken. I'm fine. You're right, Shrew. I'm okay. Let's, let's just keep, let's just go. There's nothing, there was nothing. I could see no tracks. It was nothing, it was a boar. I don't know why I even bothered. We, we need to make haste. Fabian, you were right, let's go. Okay, so you guys continue on your journey towards Pandolin? Yeah. And you're... The second day of your journey, again, passes without any sort of incidents. You get your full 24 miles before you have to make camp again for the, the night. Is there anything you want to be doing on the way there, or are you just... No, no, just riding, you know, the usual the usual talk, but I'm a bit... I'm a slightly less talkative in this journey, this part of the journey. Pondering more on what lies ahead, what I could do better, what I shouldn't have done. Okay. You know, keep into my thoughts a bit. Okay, so you guys make up camp again. Same order of of watches. What time did Fabian take? What order was he in? He was there, the third one. Okay, I'll take his watch this time. Okay, so Fabian's going to take the first watch then. Yeah. His watch passes without any incidents and he wakes up Fenner. Fenner takes her watch. And again, nothing, nothing happens of note. And it's over to Shrew. And whilst you're you're taking a watch and you've been a little more reserved, a little bit more quiet, this leg of the trail, and you start hearing in the distance these howls. Mm-hmm. They're getting closer. Mm-hmm. At best you can discern there's, there's several, more than two or three. I back up slightly and quietly start trying to wake Fabian and Fenab. What is it true? I hear howls. I thought that was my dream. No. <sighs> they are coming closer. 
It might be. Probably will be wolves. Ah, wolves. Hmm. You see Fabian grab his his sword, puts it back on his his side, notches an arrow. Yes, I can hear them. Should we should we mount our horses quickly and, and flee? We can try. Let's do it. Okay. And you hear the 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 howls getting louder and louder. We run towards the horses like leave anything that we don't really need there and just run to the horses and slap their booties and try and get out of there. <laughs> so you you leave your bedrolls behind so you leave everything that can be left behind and anything that's not really important that can be replaced we leave it behind okay so you guys are running on to get to your horses you're hearing the howls getting louder and louder and now emerging from the bushes and shrubs that are sort of around you see the, the shining eyes of a number of wolves coming towards you. You just managed to make it on your horses. I'm going to need you to roll for initiative. Okay. I'm rolling for Shrew first. 15 total. What about Fenner and Fabian? Going to roll for Fenner. Fenner is 15 plus 1, 16. And Fabian, 18 plus 1, 19. 19. Okay, so Fabian's top of the round with initiative. You guys have just made it onto the onto your horses. And as you're about to to start running as you had suggested was Shrew's plan you see that there's five wolves now closing in fast on you and they're about 40 feet away as Fabian is up on in initiative order okay Fabian is just gonna dig his heels onto the horse and so I'm sorry horse but we're in a rush so make the make it quite apparent to the horse that shit is going to go down if you don't start galloping boy or girl whatever I can't remember what it was <laughs> okay give me an animal handling Fabian has rolled a total of seven for his animal animal handling check. Okay, so he digs his heels in and the horse seems quite spooked. A bit reluctant at first. Sort of leans back and stands on its back legs, neighing, and it, it looks terrified that these horses are there. Horses? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that these wolves are there. <laughs> Being charged by a pack of horses, that would be funny. Yeah, um, and he, he starts running, but, you know, he's, he's panicking. So I'm going to need... Um, Fabian to roll a either an acrobatics or an athletics check. So he's either going to try and, and steer the the horse back on, on course and try to settle it, or he's going to try and use his acrobatics to, to stay on the horse while it's running and, and sort of turning its neck back towards its, its other horse, its friend, <laughs> and the pack of five snarling, drooling wolves that are chasing you down. So he's rolled uh, 5 plus 2 strength for athletics, so 7 total. Okay, so Fabian's unable to, to sort of calm the horse and, and keep it steady on, on its path. And assuming that he, you were taking your his action to, to dash, instead of being able to, to take the full 60 feet times 2, which would have been a horse, he's only managed to, to put 60 feet between him and the, the wolves, which were 40 feet away. Okay, okay. And it's over to, to wolf number 1. And it's going to take its its action to to run. It's going to use its uh, yeah. It's going to use its action to to dash. And it's a, it's reached the horse on which Fenner and and Shrew are on. And that's oh, his yeah. turn. It's over to Fenner. So Fenner is going to try and get away from the wolf using disengage. And the, in this case, the horse would disengage using Fenner's initiative order, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Okay, so yeah, that's the horse's action to disengage, which leaves you with 60 feet of movement. So yeah, he's disengaged, and now he's going to try and get uh, his 60 feet movement away from the wolf, following the direction Fabian went. Okay, so he manages to get away from the wolf. Its jaws snarling and, 
snapping at its at its heels. So who, who was at the reins? It would have been Fena. Fena probably got to the reins in the mad rush, probably got to the reins of the horse before me. And even though she hasn't perhaps ridden at all up to this point, she's now found herself with reins in hand and having to deal with this whole ordeal. Okay, so I'm going to need her to take a, an animal handling check as the, the horse is disengaged and charging away from, from these wolves. 18 plus 2, 20. Yeah, so she's got no issues at all in keeping the, the horse steady and she's rushing towards Fabian and, and his horse. And she manages to get herself and the horse, and obviously Shu, who's actually on the, the horse as well. Which I should have specified that because you're on the mount as well. You all share the same initiative. Okay. So you manage to get 60 feet away. And it's over to Shrew. All right, so Shrew is going to cast Moonbeam on the closest wolf I can see. Okay, so yeah, that would have been the one that you've just run away from. Okay, so I'll cast a Moonbeam there. Is Shrew doing anything else? Holding on for dear life? As yeah, it, yeah, right, <laughs> hold on. Okay, so the wolves are going to start giving chase. And you see the, the remaining four wolves close the distance on on you all to 20 feet now. You can hear them snarling and sort of howling as they're running along. They've managed to close the gap significantly from 100 feet to, to just... And it's over to, to Fabian and his mount. Fabian is just again gonna carry on digging his heels into the poor horse and trying to get a sturdy grip on the reins to steer it in course and is gonna try and dash, take the dash action to get away from the chasing wolves. Okay, so as you now onto the tribal trail, or rather Fabian and his steed are on the tribal trail and they're running. They've just come off the, the grasslands where you had made camp. And as the horse sort of gets traction on the on the trail, I'm gonna need you to roll a animal handling as the, the horse's hooves start to skid as it's dashing in, in panic now. That's 12 plus one, 13. 13 okay so Fabian manages to sort of pull on the reins bringing the horse back in balance and manages to put 120 feet now extra so he's 140 feet away from the pack of wolves and it's over to the first wolf who was in the in the moonbeam and remind me if, if I'm correct that's a dexterity saving throw no it's a constitution oh, saving constitution. throw yeah as a 12 it does not make the save so it takes 2d10 damage that's a measly one and a five. That's six total damage. So as this wolf sort of starts to move, it feels this burning sensation on its fur. And you hear a loud yelp as it takes that six points of damage. You can see that it's it's quite hurt in its reaction, but it's still giving chase. He's taking his, his action as a dash and he's chasing you down. And he actually manages to, to just reach you guys and he's snarling at your, your horse's ankles again. You can you can see now his jaws open wide. And it's over to, to Fenner, Shrew and the steed. Again, disengage and move away. You guys managed to put 60 feet. And unlike Fabian's horse, which seemed more spooked out of out of the two horses, you guys managed to make yourself your your way onto the tribal trail. And you're galloping down this, this road now. Over to Shrew. Okay, so Shrew now would like to, again, rinse and repeat, move my moonbeam as my action on top of this wolf that's close to us. Okay, so it's over to, to the other wolves. And again, they're going to take their, their action to dash and try and, and catch up on you guys. And you see that as they're running, one of them sort of skids on the tribal trail, which is more of a more of a road path, sort of made of gravel and you know dirt rather than grass. And its paws sort of give way, and you see it roll, sort of gets back up and starts to give chase. But he's fallen a, a further twenty feet behind, so three of the wolves are now twenty feet away. 
from you and Fenner, and this wolf is now 40 feet away from you guys. Nice. So it was a Fabian. Fabian is keeping on dashing. He just wants to get out of there. Okay, so as he's he's dashing on, on his horse, he's constantly glancing over his shoulder. His horse is, is quite spooked. And as he turns his his face back onto the road in front of him, he sees this low-hanging branch sort of creeping onto the road. I'm going to need you to roll a, an acrobatics <laughs> check for Fabian. That's a total of 10. 10. So he just manages to duck and the branch sort of nicks him on his forehead as he's coming down, giving him a little scratch, but nothing enough to, to knock him off his horse. Good. The first wolf that was giving chase and had been hit by the moonbeam, starting his turn in your moonbeam again. Constitution time. Not even going to bother adding, so he fails. 2d10 of damage. That's another 6. 3 plus 3. Yeah, that will do it. It just bursts with the effects of the, the magical damage. The other wolves sort of glance over and seeing its, uh, one of its pack explode. And they turn their, their heads back towards the, their quarry, more determined now. You can see the, the mouth sort of drooling as you're looking over your shoulder. And they're giving chase still. Hmm. Over to Fenner and, and Shrew. Fenner continues trying to get away from these wolves. So another. now she doesn't have to disengage. She'll just try and catch up to to Fabian and, uh, and put in a dash. Okay. While Shu at the same time is now moving his moonbeam over to the closest wolf. How far away would that wolf be from us? Well, that wolf was 20 feet away and you'd be moving 120 feet, which would be now outside of your the range. Before you were able to move it because the, the wolf would have still been in range as you were moving away and because you're sharing the same initiative as Fen and the other horse, it sort of makes thematic sense in the chase to, to do that. But in this case, you're now actually moving well beyond the, the 120 foot range. It'd so, be 140 feet now away from the wolves. So he'd be 20 feet away from my actual range. I want to try and position the moonbeam in a place where I think I can calculate the wolf considering its speed and its trajectory, where I think the wolf wouldn't have time to reconsider his path and go straight through it. Okay. So you're give me a, con- a concentration check whilst you're doing this. You're you're being jolted around as this horse is is galloping, and you're trying to make these calculations and concentrate on the path. That's a total of fifteen. Fifteen. So yeah, you're you're able to keep your concentration. You're making these calculations as you're being jolted all all over the place, and you're holding your moonbeam and it's sort of following you as you're you're galloping on this horse. You now get to that branch that um, Fabian had managed to dodge under, but because you guys are significantly smaller than Fabian doesn't pose a, an obstacle to you guys you manage to pass underneath it without any issues the other four wolves are continuing to give chase and the the distance between you is now getting bigger they're unable to to close the gap and one of them does run into your moonbeam nice that's a 13 just saves but I still roll and he takes half the damage that's a total of 13 damage 13 halved no sorry a total of 13 halved oh sorry halved <laughs> okay <laughs> I thought so six I was trying to do the math, I think. How did you get 26? <laughs> okay, yeah, so it, it, it sort of lets out a yelp, but it still continues. You know, it, it's still determined to, to chase down, even though the, the gap is widening now. And so to Fabian. Fabian continues to widen the gap. 120 dash. Okay, I'm going to need you to roll a constitution save for the horse. <laughs> the horse is exhausted now, galloping away. That's a... Oh, that's a natural one. Natural one? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the horse has now got a point of exhaustion. Ooh. Manages to, to still do the dash, but it's it's feeling rocky and 
you know, Favin can tell that its its head is is lowered down now. It's looking very tired. It's over to Fenner and True. Same thing. Fenner just tries to put distance between them and the wolves, whilst True tries to position the moonbeam in a place where he thinks the wolf might pass through. Okay, so you guys managed to put another 120 feet. And at this point now, you see, as you're galloping off, that the wolves sort of start slowing down, stop in the middle of the road and start howling into the night. That's right. They've given up the chase. That's right. You're not fast enough for true shrubberies. Turn with your tails between your legs and never come back here. And I imagine that you guys are going to keep trying to put some distance on. You'll keep moving at regular sort of speed. Yeah, keeping an eye out to see that they don't begin to chase again. But we don't dash anymore. We're just at a regular speed. Okay, so I'll say that you you guys managed to put in about an hour's worth of, of riding. You're, you're satisfied. You haven't seen any, any sign of the wolves following you. And... Fabian's horse at this point, its tongue sort of almost dragging across the the road, <laughs> absolutely shattered. And Fabian sort of looks over his shoulder. Oh, that was uh, that was close, but uh, I think my my horse could do with some water and, and some rest. Otherwise, I I fear it will not reach Fandolin. Yes, poor thing. We should stop. And I think we've put enough distance between us and the wolves. Have a little rest. And I think that's a great place to end tonight's session. Bit of a different one. First chase of the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't expecting that to be honest and it was i <laughs> <laughs> so after quite a heavy battled episode last week i hope you enjoyed something a little different a little bit more role play a little bit more investigation we've got some insights into what the future might hold for true shrubberies mm. future's bright and thundery we'll have to see what that thunder does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah thank you for for tuning in again we really appreciate it don't forget to to leave us a comment or a like and to, to follow us on your podcast play of choice. We also have um, our website, www.i2td.com. You'll find links to all our social media pages and our Discord server. Yeah, we have the Discord running. We'd like you, if you like listening to us, we'd like you to join that Discord and you can have more day-to-day conversation with us instead of week from week. We hang around the Discord quite often. We're always there. Also, we have links to our Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee, and I'm sure you'll know how that works. Buy Me a Coffee is more of a donation if you want to help us on our journey through the dungeons, and Patreon is more like subscribing to a tier, and you actually get some perks for for subscribing. You also get Patreon-only posts where we'll be releasing behind-the-scenes things, and you know. You'll get more sneak peeks of what we're working on, what we're doing, the day-to-day stuff of running a podcast. You can see our beautiful faces more often because <laughs> we'll be posting, you know, videos and photos and all of that. So if you, if that sounds interesting to you, maybe have a look and become one of our magus. And we've come to to the new segment of our show, where we light a torch to guide wary dungeon delvers to further TTRPG content that we think you'd like. But today we're going to shine the torch on you. Oh, how nice. Our loyal listeners, thank you so much for this first week. I mean, this is episode 11, but this is only the the first week where we were back in the studio recording after having launched the first three episodes in week one. And this Tuesday, episode four launched. So that's only really one week's worth of listens. And we've broken through the 100 downloads already, which far exceeds what our expectations were. So today we shine our torch on you. 
and give you our, our thanks and gratitude. We're we're so grateful for so many lessons in, in such a short period of time and you know in the in the vast ocean of podcasts. Does that make sense? Yeah. Pods of whales <laughs> swimming <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the ocean. So yeah, thank you so much for, for listening over the, the course of this last week. And we hope that you continue to to enjoy and and like the, the content that we're putting out there. Yeah, there's a few names that stand out that have kept commenting, whether it be on Twitter or on the Discord group. I'd like to shout out Bardock Germs is one of them. Tapion, I think, was another. Yeah, I, I think he left the, an Apple review as well, our first yeah. Apple podcast review. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much for that. Yeah. really means a lot to us. And a certain James Gulato also is... I've seen his name pop up on Twitter. I think that's that's his handle on Twitter. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah thank you so much, guys, for, for the engagement and, and for listening. We really, really, really appreciate it. And it's now time for the last ones standing. No, no. Dun, dun, no, no, dun, no. Dun, no. No. Dun, 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 dun. The end of the episode club. I think we've I think we settled on the last one standing already. But thank you, fine. It has a better ring to it. Yes, you know, you know, you're getting warmed up to it already. The Last of Us was tickling my fancy more, but yeah, well, that's a game. <laughs> <laughs> the last ones standing, they brave through all our nonsense to get to the end of the episode, and they have the glory of the password, the passcode, which today's episode is. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. So make sure to give us a comment anywhere you want to be it discord be it the podcast players of choice although <laughs> we might not see some of them because there's so many podcast players of choice that it's hard to keep up with any comment or all of the comments that might appear there but for sure i will see them on twitter youtube you know discord itself we'll see them there yeah there seems to be far more than i ever realized <laughs> yeah and we are serving to all of them almost all of them at least but yeah so just enter a comment there using the passcode, the password, hold your horses. And as we always say, make us laugh, make us cry, make us feel something. And we'll see how, how it goes, if we can save a few of them and maybe have them in a, in a Discord channel, like we always say. Let's see, we still, we still haven't settled on that either, at least at the time of recording this. But yeah, we've, we've had a few a few comments with the... or tweets, rather, no? with, yeah. the, with the password. So great to see that some of you are making your way all through this nonsense at the end of the episode. Yeah. We love you. We love you for sticking it through. <laughs> <laughs> we love you for sticking through the episode. Nick and his dirty mind. Okay, so... Yeah, it's, it's not just my dirty mind. You're not seeing the facial expressions that accompany the, the innuendos. Yeah, well, <laughs> they are accidental. I, I'm struggling at this, this time of the night. Where we are now, I'm struggling with vocabulary and English and all. I'm struggling in general. So, <laughs> without further ado, thank you so much again for tuning in. And we hope you tune in next week as we delve into, into the, the dungeon. dungeon.